Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello everyone. I am Leif Hetland and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this privilege of having Will Fark, who is a dear, dear friend, as well as the CEO of Iris Ministry. He's married to Musi, have three amazing children, as well as they also have a dog named Iris that is actually related to our family. So we're going to go back to that in a few moments. But Will, he, uh, he has a specific calling to take a simple gospel a gospel that is full of love, power, and wisdom, and also have one of the things we have in common. We take the gospel to a lot of the places that nobody wants to go, and to be able to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven by the way we live and love. I had the honor, it's almost 20 years, at least 18, 19 years ago since I first met Will, and we have become very, very dear friends. We are family. And I also have the honor of serving on Iris Global Board. So I get to see him much more often. And as I'm saying, Will has just moved closer to me. So we look forward to find out how we can get together. So Will, I am so excited that you're here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Leif. It's good to be here. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about how long we've known each other as I was uh, driving to the house this morning before setting up. And I, I will never forget the message that you gave, the first message I ever heard you give, you, you held up a picture and you told the story of a son coming home. And, and it was just such a beautiful call to salvation. Uh, I'll never forget it. We were in Cuba together. And uh, that's when I, I had heard the stories about how amazing you were, uh, but they weren't true. You're much, much, much more amazing than all the stories. And I, I just consider it a privilege to know you. Uh, that's, you are the best. I thought about outside the script that I thought just asking a couple of questions, just kind of for people to get to know you. If you had three words to describe Will Fark, three words, what would be those three words? <laughs> Impulsive, <laughs> uh, passionate, um, and gosh, third, uh, Inquisitive. I'm pretty inquisitive. I like to ask questions. Um, yeah. And why would you choose those words? Just put a little. Man, what a great life. I didn't. I didn't know I had to do this. Okay. Well, why would I choose it. those words? I, I thought of the honestly when you said I thought of the words that my wife would call me. Um, <laughs> that's so. I, I am. I'm very. I'm very passionate. Anything I sink my teeth into. Uh, I go all in, and whether that's the gospel or beekeeping or <laughs> or one uh, Boston Terrier from you and your wife, I go all in. Um, passion. I'm very, very, very passionate. It those two go hand in hand, right? The uh, yeah, just just not wanting to let go, and uh, I'm I mean the two. I'm sorry, the two inquisitive and passionate go together. I think I'm never scared to ask questions. I'm never scared to to dig deeper than what's on the surface. And I think that's part of just being inquisitive. And what was my third one? Yeah, impulsive. I, I think you did. Yeah, impulsive. Yeah. 
I just, I'm just impulsive. I don't know if that's a good thing. It could be. I think it, I think it is a strength, but being overextended, it can become a weakness. <laughs> it can become a weakness. But I'm also very impulsive, so I understand that. If you had one magical one, and I gave you a magical one, and you could solve any injustice problem in the world, you have got that. You have that one choice, and what would be one of those injustices on a global level that Will Hart would like to solve? Wow. Um, well, this 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 is this is a great question because. Right now, everybody's talking about justice, um, but justice separate from Jesus is just good works. Yeah. Um, there is only one thing I would do, honestly, and that's why I live the life I live and go where I go. It's to preach this gospel. And so can a nation, can the globe be saved in a day? That's what my, <laughs> that's what I would want. I would want people to to encounter Jesus in a moment. Everything I do, everything we do is to spread this glorious gospel. It is not for justice. Jesus, Jesus is the solution for everything, not the schemes or plans of man. Now we do the stuff, yeah. but separate from Jesus, it's just death. It's just um, pushing along the, the issue in the world and that is sin. Um, and, and separation from, from so if I could, if I could wave a wand, you know, I would, I would have everybody have an encounter with love and, and, and have the ability to choose him. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. And what is your life message? And I will probably go alongside that. And, and, and how have you become this message from receiving it to becoming it? I, I'm sure if I, I'm sure into the same things that I do. People try to put me in a box. I think people, I, I bet that people would try to put you in a box too. Like, oh, it's like I'm the crusade guy, but you're not, you're, you're so much more. Uh, so, so my life message is my, I, I don't do this well, but I try to have my life message be my life. Right. And that is give yourself away give yourself away with the gospel and 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 don't don't live in fear you know um don't live in fear of your life because really at the core people don't give they don't go they serve because they're selfish mm. and so i i mean i don't know maybe that's too of a word but lives and we love this world more than we love him and and me, my life, I want it to be my life. I want my life to model the gospel, uh, which is which is Jesus and him crucified. And so, yeah, message. Um, and I try to preach that and, and, and be that everywhere. And then call believers into that as well at the same time. What are one of the lessons you have learned from me and my life of us being together? Just that was just curiosity. <laughs> there's there's a lot. A, there is a oof, aggressive humility in your life um, and softness that I rarely see 
in leaders of your caliber. There is no promotion. Uh, and I another father that modeled that, Randy. I think you and Randy are very, very, very similar in that. Where you are, you you have never bent core, which is giving your life to him, being a good husband, being a good father, and 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 keeping this the the central thing, the central and the focus. A lot of people I've watched them life, and you've I, you've never done this. A lot of people try try to skyrocket rocket ship themselves into popularity but but you never you've never done that always let god give you the platform and in that i've watched you go places that i've only dreamt of um and and what i love and what i've learned so much about you in you never you always sure that it's god it's, you, you never look back and be like, oh, I did this and I made this happen. Like everything that God does, such a confidence in that, that it's him. And, and there's an issue. So, yeah, your humility, drive for simplicity is, is every time I get around. Now, I'm going to say like the love of but and I, and of course, I've learned that from you. The three chairs, of course, I've learned that from you. But more than your messages, you walk walk it out with your wife. You walk even in our alone time that that humility, that openness. It, 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 it's something that I really try to strive for in my own life, and I've learned a lot from you in that. I a hundred percent authentically me and soft, and at the same time accomplish everything that God's called me to and most they hide back they hold it back they they put up a God you've never done that and I love that and admire that about you thank you so much that means a lot and there are so many things I've learned about you also and when I was going to describe three three words for Will he is very raw and he's very real he's very relevant he's very relational and he's very radical that was five words but that was the the five R's that came to me looking at Will Hart. And there's so many different stories I could describe. But one of the things that touched me just is more in the last few years. And, and I remember one time Randy said, hey, watch this. Look, watch Will. He's up there with the kids. And I sneaked in. That was one of the times when all the children was there. And I know when children trust you, when children recognize who you are and over and over again, to, to see how God is just using you to be entrusted to the children. They trust what you carry and they trust the Holy Spirit in you. That the stories and the testimony to that is happening with all those different children that are having a, a genuine encounter with God because of the way, because of who you are and the way that you carry him. Uh, so I, I realize if the, if the children can entrust you, the adults definitely can entrust you with it. So it's it's very beautiful. I'm interested, there's three major topics that there's kind of the three questions that I, I'm looking at. What is the Kairos moment that we are living in? Because so many people are talking about what the devil is doing. Some people are talking about what God is not doing. But then I realized that for, for me, it's that we're living in the second most important time in world's history. And we're born for such a time as this. And I know you live with your CEO, Ivor's Ministry, and 
and as I'm saying, I'm part of that. So I see this tension that you're living in in regard to everything the enemy is doing. But in the middle of it, you and Heidi and you, you are able to keep your eyes on this is the time that we're living in. This is what God is doing and what the enemy means for evil. God is using it for good. So what are you seeing in regard to a trend? What is actually God doing? God doing? That's the question I'm interested in. You know, Leif, I historically I would have a, a great answer for that question. Yeah. The older I get and the more I travel, the more I, I experience not just faith in the West, but faith overseas. Um, my answers changed. Uh, not, not that my four were bad or wrong. I, I see, I see this getting walked out. And, and I see this getting walked out in ways that, um, that cause me where before I would answer that the moment that God is doing right now. For, 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 let's say me right now, right? He's transitioning me. He's moved me. Um, he's given a vision to build and grow and raise up missionaries. But then I, I look at maybe what's going on in Mozambique and what God's doing there is I don't stay all. And I think I, the, the older I get and the more I do this, I, I, he is doing what he set out to do with, call men and women unto him and and more especially after witnessing this last i'm so sorry especially after this last season at least in the states i i desire the less ugh, i'm gonna be i gotta be careful um but the less desire for the political for the you know for the the being on the top uh, the Taking the taking the top levels of things, and the more I desire low and slow, and I think if any, at least during the season of the virus, it brought us all to where our faith at. What what if we can't be in churches? We can't be around people. It brought to what is what is happening in your life with this walk that you've entered in with Jesus, and for me. What he's doing is he's he's doing the same thing he's always done. He's calling us deeper to him. He's he's calling us to make him the main point. Ifs, not prophetic, not not uh, what he does for us, or, or but but who he is. Are you falling in more with him, really? And and that that's been since the beginning of Jesus walk when he first performed the miracle turning water into wine it was a call to love him and uh so there is no call now god does things in, in nations and these i'm not i'm not he does these for me all of it is for nothing all of it for nothing unless we love him and devote ourselves if you love me you will obey what I command. Yeah. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth, who the world cannot understand. I, I am falling less in love with the world every day. And, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just kind of going on here. But in oh that, 
we need to have an external, an internal perspective and not a self-centered self my gifts, my calling. We need to be laying our life down, going low, be walking in humility. And, and our should not be what he can do for us, but what we can do for him and, and, how, and what kind of offering of love we can bring to him. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you are even giving us a clarity about the lordship message in this season that I think that to some degree, many of us wanted a savior, but didn't realize uh, that he says, if you confess with your mouth that I'm Lord, and it's yeah. the lordship, and if either is his Lord over all or he is not Lord over all. And yeah. what are some of those areas that he is not ruling and reigning in our life? And so I know even in my own life, it's been in the middle of the shaking. Certainly, why is it so hard for me to let go of certain things if it all belongs to him? Yeah. How can you hurt somebody that is dead? And how can you humiliate somebody that's humble? So just this process is not to have condemnation, but invitation to, to intimacy, to, to deeper, and, and even to get to establish our identity closer together. When I think so many times we want intimacy without first the wedding band. And, and the covenant relationship he's inviting us into. If I, I, I don't, I mean, I know you have questions, but just, I just got back from Mozambique and I sat with five officers um, who have probably, let's say maybe walking with the Lord at the most 10 years, most of them probably five or six years. They, they lost wives, they lost their children in horrific, horrific acts of violence. The, the worst stuff I've ever, and, and, and you, you and I have heard a lot, right? Uh, worst things I've ever heard. Uh, to the point where halfway through my meeting with them, I got up, I ran out and I threw up in the sink. It was, it was that revolting. And at the end of it all, Leif, uh, we, we prayed. And then they worshipped, and and then the next day, watch these men go out and call people unto Jesus. Now, they had experienced the greatest loss ever: children decapitated, wives kidnapped, and everything in between. And they worshipped. I've never been more challenged in my faith than than in that moment. They they. That is the key. Do you love him even if you don't understand it? Do you love him when everything is falling apart? One of the pastors said this, life. he said, because they burned their houses. He said, you can burn my house. They burn my house. They burn my food, but they cannot burn Jesus out of me. And, and, and this is a man who lost his children. That clarity that zeal, that passion for him. I'm telling you, it, it, it unlocked something inside of my heart. I was like, I don't have that faith. But that is the faith that we are required to have. That no matter what, whether we feel blessed or look blessed or experiencing blessing, that the church, maybe in the Western church, puts as like, these are signposts that you're in favor with the Lord. These are signposts of a blessing on your family. I'm a father with young kids. 
why am I any different than my brother in Mozambique who, who just lost everything? We are the same. We are the same believers in Jesus. And I don't know if I would have that faith. I don't know. It, it convicted me to my core. A 10-year-old believer is stronger in faith than I am. And I've preached all over the globe, preached to hundreds of thousands in my life. And that man, those five men have more faith than I, than I, than I ever have. It's convicting. That, that, that is, that's where I want to be. I don't need more miracles. I want them. I love them. I don't need more prophetic. I, I love it. I desire it. I earnestly seek it. But I want to earnestly seek that heart more than anything else. Hmm. I think you're talking about a topic. I talked a little bit with Dr. R.P. Kendall just recently, also Bill Johnson in an interview, but uh, the fellowship of his suffering, that element of it, in a sense, I it's easy that I want the resurrection. I, I, I want Sunday without Friday. Mm. And, and that's, uh, and then the Saturday between Friday and Sunday that you don't understand and the whole waiting period. And I think that's for a lot of people in this season. That's been very, very difficult. What if Sunday doesn't come? But in the sense of following him to the cross and uh, mm. having that. So it's so being on the journey to take up the cross and following Jesus. It's uh, not... You, you challenge me, and I have a very similar experience because it was two months ago that I went to Middle East and spent uh, some time with 700 from the persecuted church and heard his story and was there and eventually came home two days before Papa Jack died, ended up in the hospital with him. But but again, also I didn't even have the time to process everything that I saw and experienced over there. But it did do something, and yeah, I, it's, it's hard for me without starting breaking down now, but it's just there's some of those life lessons that uh, it's almost, am I really saved is the question. Yeah. <laughs> Leif, the church, you know this in Iran, the church is advancing at one of the fastest paces it's ever advanced Yeah, right now. And it's, and it's in a persecuted nation. Um, the the anti-Nicene, the first 300 years of church, the anti-Nicene and the apostolic age, those first 300 years, when they got saved, it it was unto death. They were tortured. They were thrown in lion's dens. And so the goal was that Rome would get saved, right? Like that's what the disciples thought. And it, and it happened. Rome converted in 300 years. It became, it was one of the most hedonistic societies, became a, go- a gospel-centered society in 300 years. And it did not come from people becoming political leaders. It came from believers laying their life down and modeling something. And we can't get away from that. That that first 300 years was known as the nameless, faceless generation. Yeah, wow. And and you hear that shouted from stadiums right now in churches. I wanna be in the nameless, faceless. The true nameless, faceless generation, they literally didn't have names. They literally... I mean, they, God knows their name, but they, there was no, there was no social media. There was no great campaigns. There was no gospel crusades. It was just laying their lives down and loving him to the point where they are willing to give up everything, lose their family, lose their life in, in an act of, 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 of love to him and, and, and obedience to him. 
And I'm telling you the shaking that everybody is feeling, I, I, this is me, Leif, but the shaking, this isn't a shaking guys. You got thousands of dollars of checks, at least in America, just sitting at home doing nothing. That's not a shaking. Like, uh, please, like, and I lost, uh, we, we have friends that passed away because of COVID. Some of our staff members, families died. Like, I'm not knocking that. No, no, you were very sick yourself. I remember. You I got yourself. very, very sick. But but that's not, that's not the shaking. That, it's just a, it's just a thing that, that, that took place globally. But Jesus, will you love him in the middle of that? Will you love him fully in the middle of that? It is a call to that radical love. And most people gave their lives to get a get out of jail free card, you know, to get fire insurance. But in the early church, the Iranian church, Mozambique, like what I just heard, Leif, what you just heard in Pakistan, they're giving them their lives knowing that they will lose everything and they're still giving it away. And and I know we can't force the Western church into that mindset. That's something that can only happen by experience and being put in that situation. But But, I mean, wisdom will, what would you say to somebody that, because there's about 81 million people that are struggling, but even wanted to give up because everything that was promised with a gospel passage, Jesus didn't, didn't live up to their expectation. And now they're saying, we'd rather go back to Egypt again because we have not seen our promised land. So there's 81 million, according to the service that says that these people are about to want to give up on church and give up on this and that because maybe somebody criticized on Facebook or or some other political. So what would you say as a, uh, do do we just need to get back again to a a basic gospel, get born again and and, and maybe have a new baptism and get buried the old and so that the new you can, so that you can become a new creation or, I mean, I'm talking about how do we relate because this is sometimes where I feel I'm about to lose my mind that when somebody come and want to have a counseling meeting with me and somebody had put dislike on their Facebook and they feel like, how can I be persecuted this much for righteousness? Because I, I, I voted for one thing and somebody voted right. different and, and criticized me and feel that life is going under. So I don't know if Jesus is even caring about me right now. I'm just talking about so the reality for people. How do we... How can we help a whole lot of people that, like you just came from Mozambique, and we've all been to, and we've been to places where we've seen, and in ourselves, uh, we, we've taken up the cross, whatever it takes. We are a coin in his hand, and he, yeah. he, he can do with us whatever he wants to. So he is the Lord of our life. He bought us with a price. We belong to him, and he can do anything. That if Jesus never do anything else for us, uh, he doesn't owe us anything. We owe him everything. Yeah. We have that message. So any advice to just, there's people here that, as I'm saying, that they cannot even relate to that world. That's something we read about in Voice of Martyrs or something else, but it's not. So how do we help the Western church? How do we help the average believer that is out there? There's a couple of there's a couple of suggestions, right? That I would that I would that I would say to anyone watching that hears this message and feels trouble. Number one, uh, I, I'm gonna say theology is very, very, very important. Um, theology literally translates to the, um, the, the logic study of God, of God. Okay. you're yeah. studying God. It's not putting breaks. It's not shutting down. It's literally studying God. And I think 
good theology. I think a lot of the issues that we've run into in this last season, especially in the charismatic church, and I don't know about you, Leif, but I, I have friends that are not charismatics. They, we are, we, in some places we've become a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's not everybody, but a, but a lot of what went down, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, it, it, it's put a black eye, I think, on our movement in a, in a little bit. Now, something that I can't correct, but I, but I think I think it's healthy to take a step back and ask this question: Am I a cloud without rain? Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 it, I'm not talking about no rain being God isn't showing up or fulfilling your prophecies, but in your life, are you living your life vicariously through the prophets, through the teachers, or, or, or has this message actually become manifest in your life? Or are you just surrounded by sheeple, right? That all say the same thing. And, and, and have you, have you been walking your faith out like that? So number one, I think theology is very, very, very important. I can walk up to most students, even in, we, I speak at a lot of schools, so I'm not speaking about a school specifically. I, I can walk up to a, almost a, a, a majority of the students I walk up to in whatever school I'm teaching at, ministry school that is, or mission school, and ask them some basic theological questions, and they have no idea. They have no idea what's going on. And, and I think we need to get better at that. So I think theology is one thing, right? study theology don't be scared of theology and there's some great resources that that can dip your toe in the water but like like you just uh you just mentioned um uh who was the guy you were just with before papa jack dr rt kendall dr rt kendall brilliant spirit-filled theologian mm-hmm. um there's some the, Rand, dr randy clark uh you know there's there's so many uh people that move in the fullness of the gifts but also are not scared to go deep into this. We have to love this. And, and this has to be our, our, um, this has to be our marker. Yeah. And when, when we go into just putting our faith in what some dude in a shirt and a tie says, thus saith the Lord, I think we, we can get off track. And I love the prophets. I prophesy. Um, but I think that's one thing. So we need to get theology. Done. Number two, if people want if people want to get stretched, right, yeah. then get out of your freaking home, get out of the church pew and go to a place where you are going to get stretched. Go on the missions field. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean get on a plane and, and fly to Africa. No, there's places here in America. Go to go to places that are moving in the stuff that are giving their lives away and serve them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, uh, serve, go and serve a place that is amongst the poor. The Beatitudes uh, are so important. And we, yeah. we need to make sure, James says this, true religion is tending to the orphan and the widow. Religion that is faultless and pure is tending to the orphan and the widow and looking after them in their distress. That doesn't just mean show, sow your money in. No, it, God doesn't just want your money. Ooh, he, he doesn't. Like, he, he, he doesn't even need money like he yeah, he doesn't need your money like he will do what he wants when he wants and a lot of people are like well i'll just sew into that or i'll just do that from afar no no get on a plane and go sit with the poor go serve the lost the least and the broken because that's what james says true religion that is faultless and pure just two seconds i the 
I, like you, we bring teams of people around the globe. Okay. I did it for years with one of my favorite moments. And I will never forget this was I got a, there was a woman, I think she was either from Georgia or Texas. Let's just say Georgia. Okay. She was in her seventies. She had never been out of the country, uh, gone to church, sat in a pew, been on the intercession team her whole life. She read the book. Uh, she read Heidi's book and just said, I, I want to go. And it took every ounce of faith to get this woman on a plane. Okay. It, it was the biggest, you know, she was prophesied over 50 times. She had 40 intercessors going day and night. And like, for me, I'll hop on a plane, you know, whether I got anything or not, like, that's where I'm, you know, that's just where I'm at. I know that's where you're at, but this was a big deal for her and her faith. And I'm, and I, and I don't want to knock that. Right. So love the Lord, but this was a big deal. So she gets on the plane, she lands and I'll never forget her landing in, in Pemba. She had, you know, her hair was up, you know, the big old classic Southern hairstyle. And she had makeup. She, she told me she had never, you know, from the time she was a teenager, she, she had never gone out without her makeup on. So we're in the visitor center in Pemba, the water is shut down. Okay. So you can't, there's no running water. There's no toilets and just the toilets when there are running water in our, in our visitor center are not like the friendliest places in the world. Like, I mean, they're nice and they're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, for somebody that's never been out of the country, it's a shock. Like that's a real shock. And so she saw this toilet and she's like, uh-uh. She saw the, the hole in the ground that we have. And she's like, uh-uh. And she just shut her body down. She's like, I'm, not, I'm sorry if this is a little, but like this impacted my life so much. She's like, I'm not going to go to the bathroom. No way. And, and everywhere we would go, we'd go, we'd be in the dirt. She'd be covered in dirt and she'd just be sitting there cleaning off, putting her makeup back on. I'm like, sweetie, just let it go. Nobody cares. Look, we stink. I got, I got armpit stains. Like we're all dirty and nasty. She's like, no, no. We get to this place. She goes on outreach. We, we talked her into going on outreach into the bush bush. We're camping in tents. I don't think she'd ever been in a tent in her whole life. Go to the tent. She's staying with another young woman that was on the trip in the tent. So there's the two of them. They became friends. It was like a beautiful mother-daughter relationship. <laughs> so they're in the tent, two in the morning. This is day eight or nine on the trip. She hadn't gone to the bathroom in nine days. Two in the morning, you hear, and, and you're all in tents, so you can hear everything that's going on. She goes, oh, Lord, no. Oh, Lord, no, no, Lord, no. And she just starts screaming. And, and you hear the girl wake up that's in the tent. She's like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, no, it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. Lord Jesus, give me a miracle. Like she was crying out in intercession to not use the bathroom. Oh, my. Okay. So finally, like you can, and you can hear everything. Like the whole camp heard this thing. And they're going, you can do this. You got this. No, I don't. Got it. They go back and forth. Finally, long story short, you hear them praying in tongues to the long drop. And then like you hear this praise, hallelujah. Like she, she's like, oh, Lord, you're real. And like freedom, you know, and, and, and she has this moment. So the next morning I get up and I talk to her. I was like, hey, how was your night last night? She's like, I got breakthrough. It was, I know this is like the stupidest story, but that one moment changed her whole life forever. She went back home. She started ministering on the streets. She's in her seventies. Yeah. I, I ran into her at a conference uh, about five years after that. She goes, that one trip was the most impacting thing in my life. It shifted everything. And, and 
as silly as that thing is, it was a blocker for her to fully yield. It was, it was these, and we have to, as believers, we have to, and David ran at Goliath. We have to run at those things that are holding us back. And the best way to do that is to get out of your home and go and serve and get stretched. God wants you to be stretched and, and he will, he will put you in those places of difficulty so, so that you can have those moments of breakthrough. Everybody wants breakthrough when somebody lays hands on them because it doesn't cost them anything. They, they want that breakthrough because somebody else paid a price for it and they don't want to pay the price for it. But, but you have to pay a price for something. And Jesus, when he called the first disciples, the nets broke. They were full of fish. It was their biggest financial day ever. And, and they walked away from it all. They walked away from the biggest financial day of their life to follow him because, because they saw the son of man. They saw the, the father. They saw Jesus. And they walked away from everything. But it had to be in that moment where they had to say, Lord, I've worked hard all night, but I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do something I don't want to do. I'm sorry, Iris is barking in the background. Like, yeah, it's, so we forgive, we forgive Iris any day. You know so that. theology, right? Get out of your comfort zone. Go on a trip. Go and serve. The, those five pastors said this. Oh, Leif, I'm sorry. I know I'm getting talky. But those no, no, I love five it. pastors said this to me. One of, one of those five came up to me. He said, Will, when I came to Pemba, because they fled, they fled uh, to, to, for safety. When I came to Pemba, he had his arms crossed. You know, it's Africa. They, they tell stories. He goes, when I came, my arms were crossed. I was angry. Of course he is. He just lost his wife and kids. Right? Like most people, they get angry at God because they're because a prophet was wrong. Mm. You know, or their, their political party didn't succeed. <laughs> you go, I, I walked, I came, I came here and I was angry. And mama, which they were speaking of Heidi, mama told me to serve. So you got, it's the opposite of what people say you should do. Oh, you're hurt. You're broken. Then go and go and get introspective and go and, and deal with that on your own and just be alone and withdraw and have people pray for you. Heidi, Heidi told these guys to serve. And, and he said this, he goes, he goes, and, and, he, and he uncrossed his arms. He said, mama told me to serve. And, and now I'm full of joy. <laughs> now I'm full of joy. Well, I have a similar type of journey, uh, April 25th in this office of last year. Uh, because again, I had just torn my rotator cuff and just a lot of stuff. And I couldn't travel. I couldn't do what I'm doing. And I started something. I'm still doing it. I'm going to do that tomorrow night. But I take two to three nights a week and I'm going out among alcoholics, drug addicts while I'm at home. Mm. Uh, and I do that. And I'm sitting there with somebody who spent 24 years in prison, the other guy 20 years in prison. Yep. And I'm sitting just while I'm at home. So I spent two to three nights sitting there and going out there when I'm at home for the very purpose of uh, to keep my heart. The lamb in me, when you start to serve, you forget about yourself. Because as soon as I spend a little bit too much time, especially during COVID-19 with everything, else, I started getting overwhelmed by every all the circumstances. But after, when I had those nights that are just going out, one, two, three, four, maybe five nights in a week that I just are out there with people that are hurting, 
I have a, my gratitude list is becoming longer and longer. And I'm so grateful for everything that God is doing instead of what he's not doing. It's just been a, such a cure for me. This has been now 16 months that I've been practicing this when I'm at home. And including now when I was in Seattle, I was out in the streets this weekend. Weekend before in Baltimore, me and Dan Moller was there, went out there ministering to the people. And I tell people when I go there, find somebody that is broken because I need to be broken over the people that are broken to keep my heart soft and disease. And that's just been a season to keep, even when I'm at home, I need to keep my heart soft. Our good friend, uh, Dina Van Hole, who's one of my greatest heroes, she did her doctoral thesis on that verse in James. True religion is taking care of the orphan, the widow, and looking after them in their distress and to keep oneself undefiled by the world. And basically the synopsis of her doctoral thesis, she did it on that verse. And basically the, the way that she uh, interpreted that scripture is when you take care of orphans and widows, mm. you keep yourself undefiled by the world. Wow, wow, wow. It, it's not do the good works Okay. And then don't let the word world get you. When you give your life away, when you serve, it, it keeps your heart in, 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 in a humble place. You, you get robbed, you get beaten, <laughs> you get um, taken advantage of. And all of those things, you're, you, you have to deal with that stuff in your faith. Mm -hmm. Most people, the reason why this, when this stuff comes up, they, they question their faith is because they've been living in a bubble. Mm. Where they haven't been challenged on a lot of what Jesus said. Yeah, come on. They just, they take, they, I do the same thing. It's not a they, them. Like I do the same thing. I take what I want mm. upside down. I take what I want and I apply it to what I want when I want. But Jesus said, listen, yeah, you're going to be blessed, but you're also going to have trials when you have trials. And, and do this, obey me. Keep yourself on the peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus constantly came against the world, not the sinners, but the spirit of the world. And, and we need to be aware that this world is, is trying to pull us in. Matthew, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 6. Uh, therefore, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, or about your body. I was speaking to a group of teenagers a couple weeks ago, and I was like, that's Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it literally is the entirety yeah. of Instagram, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, and your body. That's Jesus said, do not worry about those things. Mm. And then he, further on, he goes, for that's what the pagans run after. And then he says, no, but do this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those things, the food, the body, the, the, what you wear, all those things are going to be added unto you. I close Solomon better. That was it, Papa it, Jack's life verse, Matthew 6, 33. Really? Yeah, that's Papa Jack's life verse. Whole life. He spent Matthew 6, 33. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Everybody says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, but they don't read it in context. context yeah. Of Don't worry. He is your provider. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's moments like this, just to bring it back around, when you go on trips, when you go and serve, when you go and listen to those who are suffering, not block it out, not be like, well, you just aren't blessed enough, or, oh, you just need to pray this prayer more. No, like, I actually, 
I've learned more by going and sitting with the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. They, they have so much more than I, than, I, than I have. In their faith, in their understanding of the Lord, in their simplicity and devotion to him, they have so much more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is not a wealthy or a U.S. thing. It is just a posture of your heart. You just mentioned Dan Moeller. I've known Dan Moeller for, gosh, I don't know, 15 years. That dude has never faltered on his on that core he's maintained that in the middle of everything he he didn't even have a cell phone for years he's like just want to be devoted to him now and that's dan don't do that yourself i need my cell phone but he he was so conscious and still is of just maintaining that softness that humility that that devotion for the lord it's just he he still does yeah i mean i've known i think we told about a little over 16 years we've been friends but i told dan that he's my example for chair number one he's the model if you want to say what does your chair number one believers look like is that dan moeller jesus and dan moeller and, and i even <laughs> I, would, I didn't even challenge him with don wallaby and all of the people around him i've asked him have you seen dan i talked to Jen, dan's wife because i go to the church there quite a bit i said have you seen them his friends the fishing buddy have you seen them in chair too no no these people, I mean, they, <laughs> seriously, he is the real thing. I mean, it's like, wow. Do, do you want to hear my favorite Dan Moeller story real quick? Just yeah, really, yeah. I know you got, I know we don't have too much time, but th- I just love this. Because this is Dan. When Moosey got cancer, I called Dan. <laughs> I called Heidi. <laughs> I called Dan. And then I called Randy. Uh, or, you know, those three were the first. And Dan came over to my house. Uh and preached at me and Moosey, sat us down in our couch and preached at us for about 55 minutes. Just the gospel. <laughs> he just preached the gospel at us. And then he prayed for like five minutes, drove away. But my favorite Dan Muller story is this, because I I know a lot of pastors have had this experience with him. He, Dan, is, Dan loves hunting. He, he doesn't talk about it too much, but he does. He loves hunting. And and, and so, yeah, fishing. <laughs> so he was with uh, a pastor I know. They were out hunting for turkey in the woods. And they're out like four hours and they're walking around. They didn't bring any water. And so Dan's thirsty. And so the pastor, the pastor told me the story. Uh, he said there was this like nasty, scummy mud puddle ooze pile in the woods and he said, Dan went down on all fours and started sucking in this <laughs> bog water. And, and the pastor goes, no, don't do anything. And he said, he said, Dan sat me on a rock and preached at me for like two hours. <laughs> I can do all, they didn't even hunt turkeys. They just got a message. And he was like, Dan never got sick. And I will never, ever question that again. And this is just him. I love that man. And I, he's just a man. He really is. Just like, you know, all these amazing generals. But he, he, he's walked that out. Oh, I love it. I do want you to pray for us, Will, and just the grace. I think that I think grace is a good word for it because I think that we need. And that comes from first genuine humility. I think that when we recognize without Without him, we can do nothing. That's the starting point of saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I think that even, and, and grace is only for the humble. So I think that, that both, some people need some grace to endure and some grace to enjoy. 
yeah. there's race in this season, but I'm sensing especially this mission virus that is in us. And this is part of the reason for these interviews for me. I am back again, Will, and we're mapping out the 100 darkest places in the world. I just met with some of the leaders of the Jesus film and Wycliffe and and it was a group there, you know them at Chris and at uh, Renew Outreach, David uh, Pulaski and all of them with the Solar Bible. And so, but met with a lot of people just lately, strategically speaking, coming in because I said in the next 10 years, we've mapped out the 100 darkest places in the world with a commitment to turn on the light there and to be able to make sure that we take the 100 most unreached people groups also and we're targeting and the whole movement we are part of. So that's a shift in my life where I feel like focusing a lot of the, al the alignment of what we need to be, but I'm sensing our invitation on the Father to join him in what he is doing. And that's one of the same injustice that I have. My magical one is that that I want everyone to know how good Papa God is and how loved they are. I want mm -hmm. everyone in the world experiencing a God just like Jesus mm -hmm. through ordinary people. So this is kind of my new focus in this season of just back to my first love. And after Papa Jack died and went home, I knew that it was time for me to dream. And it's like I've had a vision for my father's dream. And now I'm dreaming. The old dream dreams, the young see visions, fathers and mothers dreams, sons and daughters have vision. And I'm starting to dream again with Papa God. What does this look like? This next mission movement, what does it look like for a whole generation of laid on lovers? And I know that's so much who you are with Iris and the beautiful Iris family that I get to be part of and how we are just doing this together. So I'm I'm just back to that. I have just one life to live and so much love to give. So I'm just, again, putting myself in the offering plate and just, if you can use me. And if not, I am going to invite a lot of other people. I've done it everywhere I've been, including now when I was with Dan last week or in Seattle. Give an opportunity to put your life in the offering plate again and let God do whatever he wants to. But that's the place of freedom, the place of, of divine exchange, a place of total surrender becomes the place of divine exchange. So if you, if you could pray for us and myself in this season and just the grace that we need for, for us to be part of what Papa is doing in this season. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, ask. Uh, oh, God, I ask you to do it in my life, in my own heart. God, I don't want to be a preacher that just talks. Lord, and I know that that same of, of life, Lord, we don't want to be men that just talk and tell stories of what you did in the past, God. And I know everyone watching, God, they, they're made and built with a purpose. They're made and built with a, with a desire to know you in the most intimate way. God, I ask that you would tear down any walls that have been built up, Lord, that you would beautifully, lovingly break us, God, mm. for nothing but you, God, nothing but your kingdom. And Lord, I ask that, that you wouldn't just, <sighs> I said it wouldn't just all get fixed, God. I ask that you would enter into the, our hearts, Lord, and do whatever you need to do. Lord, you did it with Paul in a glorious way, in a crazy way. Lord, you did it with the disciples in, in just the craziest of circumstances, things that many believers would say was the enemy or not wise. Lord, I ask that that, that apostolic, that, that, that call would be put on people's lives, Lord, 
that you would that you would shake them, God, that you would that you would fill their net so full of fish and tell them to walk away immediately and serve. Sure. Lord, I ask that whatever that thing is, God, that we would not just be a church of people that know it in our brains, God, but that we would walk it out. Lord, I thank you that, that this book, that, that it is truth, that, that, that you that you are the author that, that talks to us. This, this is the only book where the author communicates with us mm. as mm. we read it. Lord, I pray as people go into the word that they would not gloss over the hard stuff. And Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, Spirit of truth, who the world cannot understand. Lord, I ask that you would just captivate our hearts and center our attention and our affection on Jesus. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all the power be unto your name. We, we just bow our knees in front of you and say, you are Lord, have your way, not mm. our way. Have, have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. Wow. Will, I sure do love you and thank you so much for this time together and just you know, just to sharing with our kingdom family some of your heart and and, and I will never forget those five pastors that you mentioned and some of the story. And I will challenge everyone that is watching even to thinking about just when Will says studying theology, it does not necessarily mean you need to go to Bible college or seminary, but find some good tools where you will actually start studying the character and the nature of God of who he is and get to know God, not just know about him, to get to know God. And the second also that we heard, Will, maybe within the next year that you will take a trip, if that's with uh, Iris, if that's with us, with Dr. Randy Clark, anyone, but find a trip outside your comfort zone. And third of all, just as a simple challenge, find something locally where we talked about the orphans and the widow, but just find somebody that you can go and serve to forget about yourself for a few moments so that uh, you will receive and then become and continue to release and be a healthy Christian, to be a river and to be able to release the river. So that's my prayer for everyone. So take that little challenge and share with me some of the amazing encounters and experiences you have with people as they are meeting Jesus and being changed by him. Will, I love you. Much love to Musi the family, and I look forward for us just to hang out and have a good steak together. Oh, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I promise you that. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Love you, Lee. Love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.